Hare Krishna. Welcome on Srila uh, Prabhupada's Disappearance Day. Um, it is said when an Acharya leaves this, this world, then he has revealed his... Uh, I see. Hare Krishna. Then he has revealed his transcendental nature. And so Srila Prabhupada revealed his transcendental nature in such an amazing, glorious way. Always just uh, disappointing at Krishna in any situation. Only really kechit kevilaya bhaktiava sudeva parayana, completely absorbed in thoughts of Krishna and um, very, very, uh, very wonderful. So I will uh, I'll read something from Satsrup Maharaj. Karunika, July 29, 1971. All day he gave them mercy just to go to such a remote corner, far from the birthplace of Lord Chaitanya, was the mercy of Lord Nichananda. Prabhupada kindly served his devotees, speaking in their little temple on the saving grace of chanting, and then he was merciful at the University of Florida campus. In the rain he spoke, his desire ever strong, explaining the teachings of Krishna. And at night, he outdid a TV interviewer, beating the logic of fault-finding by the logic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Are you discouraged or encouraged? The interviewer asked. And Prabhupada replied in the positive that many Americans were chanting. But the interviewer doubted. But out of 200 million Americans, I see only two dozen. Yes, Srila Prabhupada replied. When you are selling diamonds, you cannot expect many customers. He was merciful, staying up past midnight, sitting bare-chested on the bed, giving out beads and initiation names. He was merciful to give of himself so much, talking and traveling and writing his books at two in the morning. Another verse, another purport. He was a surabi of mercy, giving nectar milk, regardless of what field he roamed in. By jet, he moved quickly at an inconvenient pace, and his mercy never stopped. He was surrendered to giving mercy and empowered. Yeah. That spirit um, of just giving Krishna consciousness. Yara Deki Tarakaha Krishna Upadesh. To anyone and everyone, um, give this knowledge of Krishna with uh, just so much energy. Um, 
and just um, barely sleeping um, at night, translating while others uh, would be taking rest. Prabhupada was up and Prabhupada was, was carrying on with his, uh, his preaching work in the night, uh, addressing the entire world uh, and explaining Srimad Bhagavatam and uh, his purports, his ecstasies to Africa. September 10, 1971, to Mombasa's beach, where he recovered from ill health, then flying to Nairobi, a city for preaching. Staying at Hindus' homes, Prabhupada became their guru and friend. But one night, calling Brahmananda Swami to his room, he said, preach to the Africans. They're the proprietors of this land. You say they're poor, they speak Swahili, and they're actually... They're culturally alien compared to the Indians. But we've come to Africa for the Africans, so do it. Prabhupada started it himself, showing no distinction between African and Hindu. In a Radha Krishna temple downtown, they opened the doors to all, and a rushing sea of young urchins poured in the door, along with the poor and the pickpockets. When Prabhupada arrived, the Black Sea of humanity parted, welcoming his entrance. On stage, he spoke in English to a Swahili-speaking crowd, but they were patient and loved the kirtan and prasad. He sent Brahmananda Swami into the street to hold Harinam, great success, and he went to the University of Nairobi, where he told the students, don't follow the Westerners with their empires. When there is nuclear war, all their skyscrapers will be finished. Build your nation on a spiritual foundation without discrimination, with Krishna consciousness. Wherever he went in Nairobi, Indians and Africans loved him, just as all people loved the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. In the midst of these activities, Prabhupada told his men, work now, samadhi later. The trance of absorption in Krishna's thought could be obtained by working with the body and mind engaged in spreading Lord Chaitanya's mission. So they should all do like he, who at 75 was working day and night. Keep me talking. That is my life. Don't let me stop talking. Jayadvaita March mentioned to me that Prabhupada was very, very ill and, uh, and then he started preaching. And uh, in the beginning, he could barely, barely speak. He was just um, commenting a few words, a very soft voice. Said, but then he became more and more captured as he was preaching and he just was uh, rising above 
rising above the uh, material conditioning. And he uh, said at the end, he was roaring. He was roaring. So, don't let me stop to speak. Sila Prabhupada said. And whatever he spoke um, are perfect words. Srila Prabhupada said, the words of the Acharyas, such as Naritamdas Thakur, such as Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, these words are non-different from Shastra. They are completely pure and absolute. So in the same way, whatever Prabhupada spoke, it was 100% pure and absolute. And... Uh, and free from any any fault or imperfection. Therefore, uh, this is one of the most wonderful qualities of Srila Prabhupada, that we can just fully trust. We can fully trust whatever he says, whatever he writes. We can just 100% trust every single word. That it was authorized that it was uh, based on scripture, that it was realized um, because he had lived the teachings of scripture, and that therefore he had gained full depth, uh, full depth. For Prabhupada, there was no doubt uh, once one uh, one scholar was saying, why, why are you so dogmatically saying that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead? No. But Prabhupada's response is, why are they so dogmatically saying that Krishna is not the Supreme Lord when they haven't seen him? And that settled it. Uh, Prabhupada had seen Krishna. Prabhupada was not just speaking from something he had heard, but Prabhupada was, was able to see Krishna. And therefore, uh, who was dogmatic? The, uh, the non-believing scholar was dogmatically saying, God is not Krishna. <laughs> and Prabhupada would just expose it. But he hasn't seen God. Yes, very simple. So that was Srila Prabhupada. He was in direct contact with Krishna. At any time he so desired. Therefore, he was truly a parisat. It is said from Ihaya Shahriyarashi Karmanamana Sagira, Nikola Swapiavasta One can, when one is already in this material body, by Sevon Muke, by by service with the mouth, by chanting the holy name, one can attain full perfection and become a liberated soul, 
even while in this material body. Then such a liberated soul uh, becomes a parisat of the Supreme Lord, an eternal associate of the Supreme Lord. And even when in this material world, is already living in his eternal spiritual relationship with Krishna. So that is Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> The book Bhagavad and the person Bhagavad. Duty kept calling and Prabhupada kept heeding the call, the invitation to go to a new land or to return to where he was loved and needed. The briefcases traveled with his man and opened in each place where verse after verse, purport after purport, issued forth little drops of water, wear away the stone, he said, in this way, I'm writing all my books. This is also something amazing that Prabhupada was able to write his books while he was so actively engaged. It's, it's very difficult to write when we are act, uh, so actively engaged. Most people need to sort of turn away from the world and lock themselves up and... Uh, then they can write. But Prabhupada simply did it in the hours of the night. Um, and in that way, he, uh, yeah, he was able to do amazing things. Conclusion. To turn a sinful person to a life of pure devotion is the work of a highly empowered soul. The thoughtful scholars of Bhagavad Gita, like Thoreau and Emerson, have never turned had never turned to bhakti, nor could they convey it to others. The Indian swamis who journeyed west like Vivekananda regarded the Gita as a vague treatise on many paths. How could they lead others to the highest path, devotion to Krishna? Srila Prabhupada was the first, and he was the greatest. Uplifting the most fallen is the heart of Lord Chaitanya's mission in this world. The Lord himself is called Paditapavan deliver of the lowly fallen souls and the mercy of Lord Chaitanya was especially expressed in the person of Nityananda Prabhu. Mm. Yes, so Prabhupada was the first to teach pure devotional service. Um, he was giving the Gita as it is. Um, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Um, we find that this term, Gita as it, the Bhagavad Gita as it is, is found in Gita Satyarapat. And in Chaitanya Bhagavad it is described that Advaita Acharya was trying to give that explanation, Gitira Satyarapat, the true explanation of, of the Gita. And it was difficult well, for Advaita Acharya at times. Um, but somehow or other, with the help of Lord Chaitanya, he, uh, he was able to complete his uh, personal explanation of the Bhagavad Gita. And Srila Prabhupada um, just included all that. 
One person looked at Srila Prabhupada's purports and said, these are not his purports, these are the commentaries of the Acharyas. That was, he thought it was a fault. We think it's a credit. We think it's very, very wonderful that Prabhupada had this uh, transparency, this simplicity to just represent the previous Acharyas. And then, Yes, then he would add, uh, he would add his own insights and realizations, but always he had in front of him the commentaries of, of the Acharyas. And in this way, um, he did his translations and meditations in the night. On the wish of Lord Goranga, Nichananda Prabhu and Haridas Thakur daily went out with Harinam, reporting in the evening to the Lord of the preaching adventures of the day. One morning while walking, they came upon a roaring crowd. Two drunken brothers, Jagai and Madai, were the cause of all the noise. Lord Nichananda at once desired to give the drunkards the mercy of the holy name. He and Haridas hastened to the pair and asked them, to, to please chant Hare Krishna. But Jagai and Madha used filthy language and moved to attack them. When Lord Nichananda reported his attempt to deliver the dacoids and drunkards, uh, Lord Chaitanya was pleased to hear even the attempt to increase the glories of, uh, of his Sankatan. Spurred on by his pleasure, Lord Nichananda and Haridas returned the next day. But as they approached, Madai threw a stone hitting Lord Nichananda on the head. Blood oozed from his forehead. But he spoke as follows. It doesn't matter that you've heard me, but please chant the holy name. This mercy would suddenly change the heart of Jagai, who wanted to surrender, while Madai remained unmoved. But Lord Chaitanya, receiving the move, had arrived on the spot with his Sudarshan weapon, ready to kill Madai, placing his hand upon the shoulder of the Lord. Nichananda Prabhu implored, Please do not be angry and kill these two. In your present incarnations, you are not out to kill, but to save the fallen with the mercy of the Holy Name. His pleading for their pardon, even while bleeding, melted the hearts of both brothers who groveled beneath the upraised chakra of Goranga. So they begged at the lotus feet of Gornitai. You are forgiven, said Lord Chaitanya, but sin no more. And he let them go, Vaishnavas now. This is the history of the saving of two in a more pious time, 500 years ago. But when Bhaktivedanta Swami came west, the whole population was like Jagai and Madai. That he had converted by 1971, hundreds into chanters of Hare Krishna, strict refrainers from the standard sins, is the empowered mercy of the two lords, Gornitai. This is the conclusion. We see in, uh, in the movie of Yadubar, when Prabhupada is coming to America, then they show some advertisements of hamburgers and uh, 
It was a culture, a culture totally dedicated to all the sinful activities that Prabhupada came to stop. Now, and Prabhupada did it. Uh, he uh, he managed to uh, to convince people. Um, he did so by his uh, his purity. Uh, he uh, everything in Krishna consciousness is resting upon faith. Uh, without faith, it is not possible to. Uh, to go forward. So, Srila Prabhupada, by his personal example and qualities, was able to uh, instill faith in the heart of people. He said, yes, this is the truth. Uh-huh. He's not having any internal, any, any uh, uh, ulterior motive. He is just simply presenting uh, Krishna consciousness as it is. So this is uh, quite wonderful. And by the mercy of Lord Nichananda, he was doing even more than Lord Nichananda himself. The original guru was blessing the efforts of his empowered representative in Parampara. As Pritu had been empowered with a Shakti for rule, as the Kumaras had been giving the Shakti of knowledge, as a Buddha, uh, Christ and Muhammad, each in their times, held Shakti for conversion to faith in God. So Srila Prabhupada was a highly empowered soul, although considering himself a humble instrument of the previous Acharyas. Mm. So here Srila Prabhupada is the Shakti Avesh avatar, as a, in Bhagavatam, there is the verse Tatvak Visar Gochana Takavipavo Yasmin Pratislogona Badavati Apina Maniya Natasya Sunkitani Yasrimanti Grinanti Gayanti Sadavaha. That verse is saying that the Srimad Bhagavatam will bring about a revolution, an impious, misdirected civilization, and will be heard and chanted by men who are thoroughly honest. And that's what Prabhupada did. So in this verse, we see that Srila Prabhupada is predicted in the Bhagavatam, that his mission is given, because that's what he did. He brought the Srimad Bhagavatam to the Western world. And uh, uh, that's what he had translated. That's what he had worked on in Chippewada Temple, uh, or now there's a temple. Um, there was a small temple in Chippewada where Prabhupada used to stay. And he had a room above the deities. There was a little dome in the room so that he would not stand above the deities. And this Chippewada is right in the heart of Chantni Chok. It's, uh, it's, it's an, the old market of Delhi. It is very, very congested. Uh, they're just tiny little alleyways and perhaps, and 
areas full of printers and paper, probably in that particular area where the printers were. And that's where he was reading the proofs of his Srimad Bhagavatam daily. Um, the Bhagavatam that he had been working on in the nights of Vrindavan and that now he were being printed. Yeah, um, yeah this is... Uh, oh, Prabhupada was not sure if he would be able to finish Srimad Bhagavatam. He uh, would just... Therefore, he published the first canto in three parts, and it, and he did the first part, and he put everything in the first part. He because he wasn't sure if there would be any more after that. But then there was a second part. So then he also put whatever he could in the second part, and then the third part of the first canto. Therefore, the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, particularly, uh, the purports contain the full depth of Prabhupada's teachings. Everything is there. Mm. So, this first canto is very special. Uh, and that is what Srila Prabhupada brought to the West. Mm. Mayapur. By 1969, he returned to India into Calcutta heat for his neophyte disciples. In strangeness and sickness, he was their only solace. He wanted to give them a place in Sri Mayapur. Is it right, he asked the godbrother, that they're loitering in the streets of Calcutta, taking a few men and setting out for Mayapur? He got only as far as Navadvip when floods turned him back. Maybe, he said, Lord Chaitanya doesn't want us to have land in Mayapur. But Lord Chaitanya willed it, and the land was acquired, adjoining Bhakti Siddhanta Road, very near his birthplace. In England, he called together talented devotees to plan a building for Mayapur. He, gave him, he himself gave the full idea. A residence palace for devotees and for the deity of Radhamalava, the Mayapur building, facing east, to get the best breezes, would be the first of many. When someone criticized, why don't you build a temple first? You can't have devotees living in the upper rooms with the deity below, he replied. I built for the devotees first, because the devotee is greater than God. And as for living above him, the road is also Krishna. So why do you walk on the Krishna road? In our temple, we are worshiping Krishna in a marble hall with chandeliers. And one day we will build the actual temple. Then you will see his first structure in Mayapur. He planned from his pure mind, putting the plan on paper. It would be pink and copper tone trimmed in yellow with Rajasthan arches, a long flat roof and surrounding gardens, a palace on the Ganges Plains. He planned an entire city for Mayapur with a temple of understanding, bigger than the US capital or St. Peter's of Rome. The whole world will be drawn to Sita Mayapur to worship by appreciation, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabhupada described a vast ceiling like the sky with models depicting the universe. 
the lower hellish planets, then the middle planets, including Earth, then the demigods' planets, then the spiritual sky, and at the top, the eternal planet of Krishna Loka, full of eternity, knowledge, and bliss, where Krishna and his dear most reside. So Srila Prabhupada explained to Giriraj Maharaj that two things are the most important agenda items of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. One is book distribution, he said, and the other one, the development of Sri Mayapur. So our whole movement is, is meant to be connected to Mayapur. Not only should Mayapur uh, be part of the life of every devotee, every devotee should do some service in Sridhar Mayapur, for Sridhar Mayapur, so that we become thoroughly connected to Sridhar Mayapur. Because it is there uh, that we will uh, we'll get that special mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Currently, we are in Vrindavan. And in Vrindavan, we always face our, our limits, our limit of love. Uh, because how, how far can we enter into Vrindavan? But Mayapur is different. Um, Mayapur is the place where, um, where the abundance of the Lord's mercy is just flooding everything and everyone. Vrindavan is, has been excavated by the six Goswamis. 500 years ago, Vrindavan was overgrown and so many holy places were forgotten. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed Rupa and Sanatana to go and to excavate holy places. So, Therefore, in Vrindavan, since 500 years, so many things have developed. Uh, there are many temples. If we look at Mayapur, Mayapur is only developing recently. Srila uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, discovered the birthplace, developed a temple. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta developed the Chaitanya Mat, and then later so many Gaudiya Mat branches uh, were there in Mayapur. And finally, also Iska. Right. And uh, Prabhupada's Iskon was not far from the, uh, from the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabhupada used to say, uh, this is not the Janmastan, this is the karma stan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is the place where the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is taking place. This is the place 
from where Krishna consciousness um, can spread all over the world. This is where uh, where people uh, from the whole world can be become united. Mm-hmm. So yes, in the in the future, I think that Mayapur will will take a greater a greater role um, in our movement. My suggestion is let there be embassies of Mayapur all over the world in every country. My suggestion is um, and let different yatras develop their places in Sridhar Mayapur, so that truly Mayapur will be uh, the representation of all the Vaishnavas around the world. Um, Srila Prabhupada in the beginning uh, had an exhibition uh, of all the, the preaching that was going on in the West. And uh, yeah, he was, was very happy uh, to show all that preaching. Um, now, of course, so much more has developed over time. So now we don't want just displaying the activities of preaching, but we want the international devotees to live in Sridhar Mayapur, to stay in Sridhar Mayapur, and to make that city uh, a city centered around pure devotional service. A city of great generosity, where anybody who comes can just uh, take prasadam and uh, even without charge. So the spirit of generosity, that is truly the spirit of Mayapur. When Srila Prabhupada started preaching in the Western world and he introduced the Sunday love feast and that Sunday love feast was all about generosity. There was so much prasadam, so many amazing preparations and there was huge quantities. Everyone could take to his full satisfaction and people could even take things home and there was no charge. So because of that, People became, uh, felt indebted. They felt they wanted to do something in return. This is the spirit of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. To very generously give. Oh, people say, is this, we don't have to pay? No, we don't have to pay. That's fine. Wow, that's amazing. Then people come forward and desire to do something. So by creating this goodwill of, of giving generously, the Sankirtan movement is capturing the heart of people. And that is our, our business, to always give. Um, the Vedic culture has a titi Bhagavan. Anyone who comes to the house, is to be taken as Atiti Bhagavan. It could be the Supreme Personality of Godhead in disguise. So 
Therefore, because it could be the Lord in disguise, everyone should be treated as good as the Lord. That is the principle of Atiti Bhagavan. So, yeah, that, that's an ancient, ancient, uh, ancient tradition. So, that is very wonderful. Uh, so, here in Vrindavan, uh, the devotees have come to honor Srila uh, Prabhupada. Today, there were 90 disciples of Srila Prabhupada present for the program. Uh, I unfortunately could not attend. I, I got a I got a cold and I was uh, finito this morning. I was uh, floored, but getting a bit better now. Uh, so I missed the whole thing. What to do? Mm. But Keshav Maharaj told me how Bhavananda told some of his stories. And of course, I know the stories of Bhavananda Prabhu, um, who was saying that when um, that Prabhupada was in the spiritual world and Krishna came and Krishna said, I want you to go to the material world. And Prabhupada said, oh no, oh no, I don't want to go. I don't like austerity. And then, and then Krishna said, no, don't worry. There will be no austerity. You know, everything, I'll, you know, you just, you just be there and you just try to write books and then everything will come from that. Yeah. So in this way, uh, Krishna, sends Srila Prabhupada to the material world. When devotees are speculating who is Srila Prabhupada in the spiritual world, then Prabhupada said, that you don't require. So we'll keep it like that, I think. Uh, Although some devotees have uh, their ideas about Srila Prabhupada's eternal Swarup. But yeah, Prabhupada was so sober. He was so uh, just serious, um, grave. He was just uh, very seriously uh, taking shelter of of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, It wasn't that Prabhupada at one point moved on and wasn't reading the Gita anymore. Uh, One might say, well, the Gita, you know, that's external. That's like, you're not the body. Uh, Eternal spirit soul, the eternal servant of Krishna, okay. But it doesn't get into the, the details of of Raja Bhakti, so isn't it that the Gita is, is just preliminary? But Prabhupada just stayed close to the words of the Gita uh, and didn't outgrow the Gita, rather uh, discovered uh, 
greater depth in the Gita and and uh, in the same way uh, we can can root ourselves in Bhagavad Gita nowadays there are so many books translated and So many books translated, and uh, all of us have read read some of these books naturally. Uh, whereas previously, at the time when Srila Prabhupada started his movement, uh, the books were very limited. Mm-hmm. Little by little, the uh, various volumes of Bhagavatam were coming out. And the Chaitanya Charitamrita in two months, 17 volumes. Uh, but it was a time when uh, gradually the books were becoming available for the first time. So in the beginning, uh, the devotees were more focused on just these few books. And you still see that very much in the disciples, um, especially these earlier disciples of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, like I, I was talking to Rameshwar, and Rameshwar was like, "Well, I gave him a copy of my uh, of my book Golokira Premadana, which has quotes, quotes, many quotes from many sources, some from Sila Prabhupada, but from many books, Goswami literatures, and so on." So, I give him the quotes. He looks, are these from Prabhupada's books? I said, no. Some are from Prabhupada's books. Some are from the Goswamis. Um, Because, no. And I said, yeah, these are from the books that Srila Prabhupada mentions in the Madhyalila of Chaitanya Charitamrita that we should read, right? So he acknowledged that, he wasn't arguing, but uh, they just never did. Same thing, I just gave a lecture about cows and I was describing how uh, this river of, uh, this white river was just flowing out of the Goshala. And there was another river, which was a black river of all the buffaloes. So Bhavananda was there. And uh, and he heard that. Uh, because I met him, uh, I met him in his room the, the other day, since he was here, which is quite rare. And uh, I met him. And he was saying, oh, he said, that was amazing. I could really visualize that, he said, that image of these cows like rivers just f- coming out of that Goshala. He said, where did you get that? <laughs> I said, from Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. He said, ah, oh, I never read all those things. Maybe I should read them. Uh, he's now 84. I don't think he'll, he'll read them. 
But anyway, um, yeah. <coughs> yeah, in the same way. So, so these devotees, they, they have their... They grew up with just Prabhupada's books and stuck to that their whole life. And that is something very glorious. And I have emphasized many times that uh, when we read Prabhupada's books, then we can turn off all filters. No need for any firewall, no need for, you know, I mean, basically, uh, it's, it's completely pure. Whereas if you, if you read other books, then sometimes we need to filter a little. That means we have read from Prabhupada's books, then when we find something that seems to be a little different, we flag it. Say, okay, hmm. Like this, there are many books, but none are as reliable as the books of Srila Prabhupada. So, uh, or almost none. I should say. Anyway, so the uh, importance uh, of of Srila Prabhupada. I was uh, I couldn't go this morning. I was finished. I would have liked to go, and I uh, was going to talk about uh, uh, how the sadhus carry the faith of the devotees, right? And how Prabhupada carries the faith of us all. And, and yeah, then, uh, how we should not just connect with this movement, but we should really take it to heart. Really take the teachings to heart. Not only should we take the teachings to heart, but we should also take Srila Prabhupada, uh, his mission to heart. Uh, because that's what he lived for. That was it. Tirelessly preaching and preaching and preaching and Priya uh, Krita Maha. Srila Prabhupada would refer to that verse of Bhagavad Gita where the, the devotee who preaches this Krishna consciousness is most dear to Krishna. So that is uh, uh, very much the case. Mm. And yes, uh, I would also be very pleased if uh, if my disciples somehow or other will follow in the footsteps. And some may distribute books, some may lecture on the books, some may write on the books, oh, but somehow or other let us uh, share this transcendental knowledge with the world. That is the most wonderful. Okay, I am now going to ask for questions, and uh, 
So go ahead. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Um, I have a question um, I was thinking this week about. Um, how's the process between knowledge, I, I know something, and a realization, like that I really live uh, like this. Most of the time I know something, but I not act accordingly. Um, is there a way to speed it up or do I, ha do I have to always learn through, <laughs> um, yeah, um, have an accident? <laughs> Something, yeah. uh, well, life is uh, undoubtedly uh, teaching us also, not just that we are living by the knowledge that we gain from books, but the experience in life will bring us greater depth of that knowledge um, because life will force us to take shelter of the knowledge that is there. Um, realization of transcendental knowledge, as you mentioned, comes from living by it. And of course, we find that we are not living by it to a degree. In some ways we do and in some ways we don't. So there we are confronted with our material desires that will keep us from just adjusting our life fully to the teachings of Srila Prabhupada. But then, yeah, these material desires, it's not really worth it. And, uh, And the more we start preaching Krishna consciousness, uh, the more we, we teach and Krishna consciousness to others, uh, the more these material desires will go in the background and gradually they'll disappear. So this is our, our business. Uh, somehow or other, share Krishna consciousness with others and by doing so we will get purified and then uh, we'll get more realization meanwhile even if we don't have full realization in this life it's okay because it's not all about realization uh, in the sense that The mercy of the Lord is also there. So where we are falling short in a realization, the mercy of the Lord will uh, will make up for it. Yeah. So in that way, we can, uh, yeah, it will grow over time. And if, if we're just faithfully serving Krishna our whole life, then one day you'll be an old lady And uh, you'll be amazed how, uh, how much Krishna will be there in your life. So I'll go to Yadunat. Nice to see you. I'm sorry about the cold. Oh, uh, yes. The, my, my question, the Srila Prabhupada, spoke the shastras as he had been taught by his spiritual master in line with the parampara. 
So when we try to talk and preach Krishna consciousness, how can we, who are subject to the four weaknesses, human weaknesses, yes. properly represent Srila Prabhupada and your uh, thoughts and your understanding properly in line with the parampara? So I, little, little doubt in my mind how we can do that. We have to really study Srila Prabhupada's books. You know, that is really where we are getting the depth of Krishna consciousness. Right? Uh, we may hear the philosophy in a general way, but by thoroughly studying Prabhupada's books, we penetrate deeply into the intricacies of, of Krishna consciousness. So, yeah. Chanakya Pandit says, let not a day go by that we don't learn a verse, or at least half a verse, or at least one line of a verse, or one word of a verse. So, uh, we have to continue to really study Srila Prabhupada's books. And, yeah, now you are in a retired stage of life, so it's the best time, actually. Because this is the time. You're not so old yet that brain stops working. So this is the time to uh, to read. And that will be uh, the greatest satisfaction if you read. And then you'll be able to present this Krishna consciousness very nicely. And I'm looking forward to that when you start lecturing on... Uh, on the Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. Okay. Krishna Kirtan. Hare Krishna. Maharaj, your comment um, that the sadhu carries the faith of the devotee. Could you yeah. elaborate on that in particular? My, my thinking or my... Uh, Lack of understanding is how does that happen? Um, how does that happen when when the sadhu is no longer physically present? And also, how does that happen when the follower feels a drop in faith? What is the responsibility of the follower to be connected to the sadhu's faith-carrying ability? If that makes sense. Okay. Well, first of all. The sadhu carries the faith of the devotees by, um, by being a living example, right? By really living, living the teachings. And the more the sadhu lives the teachings, the more we have faith in a sadhu. Then he lives the teachings, he preaches from, on the basis of scripture, and yet with fresh understanding, and realization. Uh, whether the sadhu is personally present or not personally present, uh, it's like we should not always think, what am I getting from the sadhu? That is the beginning of a relationship where we think, what inspiration can I get from a sadhu? And I call that squeeze the orange, right? Uh, 
and, uh, uh, let's squeeze the orange. What can I get from the sadhu? But really, what we should be doing, what can I offer? What can I offer? That should be, that's the more advanced platform. What can I offer? And when we are in that mood of what can I offer, then there's no question of, uh, of losing inspiration in the absence of, uh, in the physical absence of one's spiritualness. So it is really about what we offer. Yeah. And we have to start thinking about that. What, what is my contribution? What can I contribute according to my nature and ability? Um, and sometimes the spiritual master has asked for something. Then we can do that. Yeah. And other times we can just think ourselves, what can I offer? Let me offer something. It is there where the relationship will be strong. Mm. Okay, Namarupa. Unmute. Still muted. You cannot unmute, okay? Now I can. Yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We all hear you. Not only me. There's about... Well, 40 people here hearing every word you say. Hare Krishna, everybody. Uh, Maharaj, uh, you have uh, put some photos in our disciple group on the, on the WhatsApp, and there is a photo of Shadpuj Mahaprabhu. Yeah. Um, could you please tell us something about that deity and in general about Shadpuj Mahaprabhu? Uh, yeah, let's get all excited about Shadpuj now. Well, I like Sadhguj, you know, Mahaprabhu. I like him. He is uh, he's Lord Chaitanya, but at the same time also playing his flute. Uh-huh. And he also is Lord Ramachandra. So, um, I thought about it for a while whether I would worship Satpuj. Then the devotees showed me pictures of what was available in the market. And this deity was really outstanding compared to other deities. But I thought about it, nah, this is too much, you know, we won't be able to do this. Uh, it's, it's not practical. Why expand the deity worship now? But then my good disciple, uh, Bhargava, just one day dropped off the deity. And, you know, now, this Bhargava, it's very nice, but at the same time a big responsibility, so I don't know exactly how I'm going to deal with this responsibility. this form of sadbuj is a form that Lord Chaitanya showed at different points in time. Uh, uh, just to show that he's indeed the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And, uh, yeah, so your Nichananda from Sweden is at the moment dressing uh, 
Sadbuj and uh, and then I uh, put some flowers, this that, and offer an arti and, and an offering because I I've got my hands full with Giriraj, so don't know quite how to. I wouldn't know how to do it without the help of other devotees, but meanwhile, he's very nice. <coughs> I can't deny that. He's uh, very beautiful. So yeah, he has come. And we are, we are worshipping him. Okay, Navina, Aribo, Navina Sundri. Oh, uh, Namarupa, you can make uh, now special turbans for him. They can be a little different than Giriraj's turbans. He needs his own turban. I have, I have seen that that some of the turbans are made for Giriraj. Yeah, I would need the measurements. It's pretty much the same, as you can see. They fit well, Giriraj's turbans. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. So maybe they're yes. a little bit wide on the, they should, should be more round for him. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I, will, I will talk to Nathananda to take photos without anything so I can see the shape of the hand. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. You can go, go for your life. Okay, then we have... Kunti, Tadiya, and Tirumala, there's a whole meeting going on there. Uh, Hare Krishna Karaj. It was Navina Sundari. Oh. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Yeah, I hear you. I just wanted to. But I don't see you anymore. You have disappeared from the screen. Where are you? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Oh dear, yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to let you know that the translation of the Guru and Disciple is uh, almost done in Hungarian. Just Very wait, good. Waiting for some final works from uh, Aditya Varna and Sachindira Matajis. Uh-huh. I was just thinking that last year at Kartik you said that uh, if you cannot read uh, every day a lot of the Krishna book is uh, Good also to listen to the audio book. Yeah. Uh, it was really nice experience, and we don't have that in Hungarian, so I had an oh. idea if I could make a nice Hungarian audio book of the. Very good, very good idea. I think so. Audio books are very helpful nowadays in this modern world, and uh, yeah, I think it's great. Let's let's do it. Hungarian audio books. I wish you a lot of success. Thank you. Okay, then Kunti Tadi and Tirumala. Hare Krishna Guruaj. I um, I just wanted to tell you that I sketched a picture of Shila Prabhupada for you today. Um mm-hmm. I can't see it really. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to paint him and then I'll offer him to you properly. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Bhakti Mata. 
Are you in Holland? Hare Krishna. Uh, we see you, but we don't hear you. No, maybe your sound is 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 not on, not loud enough. I you know you were unmuted. Now you muted yourself. Yeah, you're unmuted, but. Maybe the volume has to go up. Yeah. Uh. One second. Oh. Yeah, still not working? Oh, I don't know. Okay, then you take a little more time, try to do it, then I'll go on to... Oh, you, no, we can't hear you. I don't know. Some technical glitch. Yeah. You can write it on a piece of paper and hold it up in the air. <laughs> Oh my God, you did it already. <laughs> I can't read it. <laughs> okay. I'll go to David Damodar and then, then you try. You try, you try to fix your volume. Namo David Damodar Ananta Vishnu. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I'll go over to Shri Prabhupada. Guru Maharaj, I'm coming, coming to Vrindavan on the 24th of November. Wow. So I have wow. a question. <laughs> All the way from NYC. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Nice. So Surprise. I have a question. How do I really enter Vrindavan in my heart? Because I came to realize like a realization that like over the years of my practice, I've just noticed so many so much duplicity that I'm not really I don't really mean what I say when I chant the prayers. And I don't really really chant the, the names of Krishna. And like I actually never been to Vrindavan, although I, my body has been there, but I've never been there. So now that yeah. I had a Krishna gave me a little experience of living outside of holy dumps for, for some time. Um, and now that I see the light coming to Vrindavan, flying to Vrindavan, yeah. I remember that it said that it's not, it's not enough to just buy a ticket to come to Vrindavan. So I really want to enter Vrindavan this time really consciously. So how do I, how do, I do that? Like what, is, what should be the meditation? What should be like even like the process to do that? <laughs> The process is service, you know. We go to Vrindavan to serve. And Sravanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam, and the other service, right? We try and engage in devotional service. We go there in a humble mood, appreciating that we uh, are limited in our uh, ability to, uh, to enter. But there is always drops of mercy, you know. That's the nature of the Dham, because... Krishna is especially present in the Dham. 
So even if we cannot enter, there are drops of mercy, and then suddenly we'll get glimpses, you know, we'll, we'll feel for a moment some inspiration. Now that you're coming, and in the Dham there's always advanced devotees, and you can associate with them, serve them, assist them, and all those things will, uh, will bring us a little closer. And that's the idea, the relationship with Vrindavan is to develop over time, and each time become a little closer. Now you've been in New York, in separation, and uh, so a little bit of eagerness is there now. Some excitement, you're coming to the dawn. That's a good beginning. Some excitement, coming to the dawn. Rolling the dust, oh yes. Walk around Govardhan, oh yes. All these things, you know, go for the mercy. Chant, chant, read the Krishna book in Vindhava. So nice, simple, and sublime. Like that, make an effort, and surely Krishna will give you some drops of mercy. Thank you very much. Please Thank you. Vindavan. Mm. see you. Hare Krishna. Bhakti Mata, any more luck? Still not. No, no sound. I don't know. I don't know. You can call uh, a techie and uh, uh, okay. Uh, who is next? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Hare Krishna Maharaj, I hope you're yeah. well. Uh, Maharaj, this is a question from last week. Um, um, uh, you know, you spoke about mental issues. I mean, there was, a, there was a question about, you know, having mental issues in Vrindavan, you know. So uh, I always felt mental intervention, I mean, mental issues can be intervented, you know, books, or chanting, uh, but what about physical issues? Because when you are in pain for a longer time, there is no way you could concentrate. I mean, I'm going through something now for the last three months. Uh, it's painful, so it's very hard to concentrate. So what is your experience or what, what would be your recommendation? If someone has physical pain and would like to concentrate on Krishna, Krishna then, yeah, when you have physical pain, maybe you turn to Krishna in another way. Maybe it's not easy to to just, when you're in pain, to just peacefully uh, listen to uh, a Krishna book story because you're in pain. Uh, but when you're in pain, you can pray to Krishna, you can turn to Krishna in your pain. And by doing so, because of the intensity of the pain, you really turn to Krishna with some eagerness. So it's it's another way of turning to Krishna when we are in pain. But we can turn to Krishna in pain. I've many times done that during pain. 
Let's just turn to Krishna. Chant and pray. Oh. But it may be difficult to do complex listening. That may be true. That you do when you're healthy. So, good luck. Uh, you know, we'll be in Vrindavan for Christmas, so hopefully we'll see you then, Maharaj. Okay, okay, okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Karunika, you're back in Karoli. I am. Um, question was, how can we have the spirit of giving Krishna consciousness to others without judging? How can we what? Give Krishna consciousness to others without judgment. Without judgment. Well, we can judge, but not condemn. I mean, we can see who is, in what mode of nature someone is. We can see these things. But it's okay, because Krishna consciousness can be given to anyone at any particular time. So I don't know if we should be without judgment. We should just not condemn people. But, but we need to use our judgment. You know, who are we dealing with? And we preach accordingly. If someone's in the mode of ignorance, then we can preach, but it's limited. Right? You know, like Prabhupada was in Amsterdam in the Vondel Park, where all the hippies were, and I was also there, one of them actually. And Prabhupada said, these people only kirtan and prasadam. So, yeah, they were a bit in the mode of ignorance. Uh, so, so we judge, but we don't condemn. We give everyone the mercy. Matsya. Haribo. Hare Krishna. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Joshua Prabhupada. I've been wondering this. I, I had this question for some time and I thought to ask, but I'm not sure if I'm on the right track or if there's anything there. So if you could please shed some light. I've been thinking about the principle of water, uh, the element of water in Krishna's pastimes. Like all of the elements are, are there, but it seems that water is, has a very special place. Yeah. So it, it, it's not about the water, it must be about love. And probably uh, the fact that somehow the love is expressed best through the liquidity or I don't know. Is there anything that you'd like to say on this topic? Liquid love, huh? Oceans of love. Yeah. Radakund. Tears. Uh huh. Tears. Uh -huh. Yeah. Fire can also be there. All of the elements are there. No wonder. Yeah. I mean, no, no doubt. Yeah. There's, there's something special about water. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> yeah, depends maybe also a little bit on our natures. For me, there's something special in fire. <laughs> it's like I have my fiery kirtans. And, um, but, um, but yes, the metaphor of water uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Rupa Goswami points out that without metaphor, one cannot really enter into Ras. So we're looking at the metaphor of water. And, uh, and in many ways, it can, uh, as you pointed out, you know, can express love. So it's about metaphors when we're looking at these material elements. And, and uh, we use them to uh, <coughs> Sakachandranaya. Uh, we're looking at the moon through the branches of a tree just to get a better perspective on it. We're looking through the water at love. Of course, you know, Sahotra Swami in his book Substance and Shadow points out that he quotes Wittgenstein who was a famous philosopher, as you may know. Uh, Wittgenstein has uh, developed a philosophy of language. And his point is, is that language is never able to fully capture reality. Language is only corresponding with reality. And as there are more elements that are corresponding, then it becomes more meaningful. So in metaphors, we have uh, ornamental metaphors and we have cognitive metaphors. So the more the metaphor is cognitive, the more it will uh, provide us with insight. So I think water is a very powerful metaphor. And when it comes to oceans of love and so on, or a drop of faith, you know, we see Strada Bindu, Prema Bindu, a drop of love. We see that the water metaphor is uh, widely uh, milked. Even milk is some sort of water uh, in the liquids, oceans of milk. So yes, but it is about metaphor. And water is not love. It is a, it is a language by which we, by using the metaphor of water, we can express the love, but it's only corresponding, as Wittgenstein points out. Okay. Yeah, I think. Another dimension to look at it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Dira Krishna. Dira, Dira. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Yeah, so um, in relation to the earlier question by, uh, I think, one of the uh, Prabhu's, I think uh, Gayatri Dhawani um, Prabhu, 
I wanted to, if with your permission, Guru Maharaj, um, if I may suggest Karuna Care Resources, um, if uh, we are having challenges with respect to especially emotional pain, um, the Karuna Care, care the Karuna Care org has resources. We have trainings. We can develop skills to take care of our emotional uh, challenges, emotional pain. And mm -hmm. especially um, there is a course that's coming up. The name of the course is uh, Name Your Feelings and Tame Your Mind, for example. There is a course mm -hmm. that's coming up. I wanted to suggest those resources, Guru Maharaj. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the advertisement. <laughs> no, nice. I wish you a lot of success and I hope many devotees will benefit from Karuna Care. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Sachimata, are you, is it working now? There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm on my computer now. <laughs> so please accept my basences. Um, so today you spoke so much about Prabhupada's books and you said that um, we can trust everything 100% um, yeah. that Prabhupada not only spoke, but everything that he wrote in his books. So yeah. I'm just wondering, it comes up from time to time. Um, what should I say to devotees when they ask about the changes that have been made to some of the books? Yeah, of course, uh, I think when, when the, the, the question of changes is brought up, uh, there is an idea that there was such a thing as an original book, you know, the original Prabhupada book, right, which then later was changed. But the truth is that there was never an original Prabhupada book. Rather, the books that existed in Prabhupada's time, Prabhupada was highly relying on editors. And the first book, the first Gita, the 1972 Gita, was edited by Hayagriva. But in 1972, Hayagriva was, although an English professor, he was not so conversant with Krishna consciousness. And he was also sometimes thinking, well, you know, uh, we just take this out, we take that out. He was, he was acting like an editor of a book. And uh, so he took some things out. Some things were not properly presented. And uh, so later the so-called book changes. Uh, the BBT has shown to us that they went back to Prabhupada's original manuscript and that they just brought it closer to the manuscript that Prabhupada originally wrote. So there was no such thing as an unedited book in the beginning. They were all edited. And when they were redone, they were done better because they were done closer to the, to the book. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those topics, you know, where people feel very strong. And editing is a very arbitrary thing, you know, because uh, 
an editor has to decide uh, which words he's going to change, or and and so on. And sometimes it it may be obvious, you know, if it says the people tree, uh, you know, the the, the yeah, the the, the the pea trees, sorry, the pea trees, yeah, the pea trees, right? Uh, it wasn't about pea trees, it was about the forefathers, the pea trees, right? Those are mistakes, you know, that clearly uh, an editor made a mistake and it has to be fixed, yeah. So there are some obvious mistakes and that's one thing. Then there's one level further, you know, where an editor may decide that I'll adjust these and these words because that makes it better, uh, better English or more clear and so on. There, there are different opinions, yeah, and some people agree with some of these changes and some don't, and people have gotten very hot about the matter. I myself, I'm kind of, uh, you know, thinking like this and thinking, we make so much about all this editing, but in 50 years from now, the English that is in Prabhupada's Gita will be totally outdated. Right? It will no longer be common English. And at one point you have to change it. Just like Shakespeare is unreadable. To mo for most of us, in its original English, you know, it's just something. Uh, I mean, they make translations of Shakespeare's English to modern English, and they put the pages next to each other, because Shakespeare's English is something that's very uh, difficult to figure out. So, I think we make a lot of noise about the changes. But the books will have to keep on changing. And, and yes, it is good that we have a 1972 version and we have Prabhupada's original Bhagavatams that he brought to the West. So we have something, you know, that we can kind of look at. But I don't think, you know, you can say that the uh, 85 Gita is Jayadvaita Swami's Gita. And you can say that the 72 Gita is Hayagrivas Gita, equally so. So if you go, if you want to say, this is Jayadvaita Maharaj's Gita, you can say, but then you also have to say, then the 72 one is Hayagrivas Gita. Sure. Sometimes I've been at a Bhagavad Gita group, like a, you know, a house program, and we bring our own Gita's, and some people have the older version, and then I have the it creates it, it. It just creates a hassle, then, and it takes yeah. you away from um, really getting into the the Bhagavad yeah. Gita. But I have an answer from you now. So, yeah, what are we gonna do? <laughs> it's a hassle. It is a hassle. I, I'm with you. You know, some some. Like some are saying the 72 version is the holy book, you know what I mean? And others are saying the 85 version is the one. And yeah, what can we do? And then uh, both are going to be circulating. So 
Next time you go, you got to bring both Gitas with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Krishna Maharaj, thank you so much. Okay. Get better from your cold. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Devakinandan. You are the last one. Hi, Krishna Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. Oh, Krishna Gopal. It's me, your servant, Yashodanandan. So, uh, first that's of right. All, I changed your name from Devaki Nandan to Yasuda. Yeah. yeah. You have to change it on your Zoom also. Yeah, actually, I'm. Yes, Maharaj. Sure. Maharaj, Maharaj actually, I, I would like to tell you that uh, last time you told me that uh, to organize uh, Beach Kirtan and Harinams in Mauritius. And uh, we did it. We did uh, Bish Kirtan with your blessing, with, my, with the help of my father. He helped me so much with that. He gave me so Very much good. help. Father. Yeah, he, he helped me so much with that program. And uh, we did uh, uh, a good Kirtan at the, at the, at the beach. And uh, so many people reciprocated with that program positively. Oh. And uh, they are even looking forward for more programs like that to come in the near future. Thank you. Yeah, this is very nice. I also did a few beach kirtans. And they were very good because I remember that, uh, well, my kirtan style, of course, usually is a little, uh, a little alive. And uh, many, uh, many karmis, just beach people, they joined the kirtan and they were all dancing. So that's pretty good. Very nice, the beach kirtans. It was, it was a six hour beach kirtan. Six hour beach kirtan. It's a long kirtan, eh? That's pretty good. And there was prasadam also, I hope. Yes, Mars, there was prasadam. Okay, because after six hours you, you're ready, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this is very nice. Let there be always beach kirtan and beach prasadam in Mauritius. That is very and nice. And Maharaj, also by your mercy, I have come to Vrindavan. I have finally come to Vrindavan. You're going to come to Vrindavan? I have oh. come to Vrindavan. I'm actually in Vrindavan right now. You are in Vrindavan. Oh la la. Yes. <laughs> that is a surprise. Then I will meet you. Yes, Maharaj. Okay, that's good. See you soon. I'm going to disappear now, but I thank you all. And uh, on this disappearance day of Srila Prabhupada, please pray to Srila Prabhupada for his, his mercy upon us. Uh, on, on the disappearance days and appearance days, uh, there is special mercy present. So this is a good opportunity to pray to Srila Prabhupada. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to see you all. And uh, what can we do? I uh, am going to uh, relax now. So, no, Tusta Krishna, you're too late. We are 10 minutes over time. Forget it. I said it was the last question. It should be quicker. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna.
stopped. Okay. Thank you.